I'm gonna make him an awfully gamble for you. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. 1.21 gigawatts! I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. This is Sparta! You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Hello, and welcome to the second half of the Briefcase podcast interview with Layla Rosario. Um, I just want to take a quick moment and say, on behalf of David and myself, thank you for listening to our podcast, and thank you for your continued listening to our podcast. It really means a lot to us. So, without further ado, here is part two of our interview with Miss Layla Rosario. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I remember when, after we grew up, you were into photography. How did you make the jump from photography to becoming a director? No one's ever asked that. Good question. That's right. You I- have <laughs> just become the favorite. Uh, yes, yeah. just, and, and just like that. And just yeah. like that. He says we one thing the whole end. show. No, because we, we took a trip together. We took a, no, no. When we yeah. went to Morocco. This yes. is what I want to hear. Yeah. Talk yeah, this yeah. So Let's hear this. We had a this little like grade school reunion. Yeah, we did. All, it was all, literally all, a grade school reunion. It was like eight of us. But the funny yeah. thing is that me and Layla never were in the same class because when... I left in the sixth grade to public school. She came in in the seventh grade. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I was still friends with some of the guys still yeah. back at, at the grade school. Right. So then we had our little reunion and and the guys go, hey, we're going to Morocco next month. Do you want to go? I'm like, all right, let me. And then I checked like right on my phone. I checked how much were the flights. The flights were like 520 yeah, bucks. I booked yeah. my trip That's right crazy. then and there. And I remember when we went, she was just taking these amazing photos when we were there. Yeah. And... And that's how I knew I knew her as a photographer. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw her make the jump to like director of photography, I was like, Yeah. Like, how did that <laughs> like viable. how did you go from just being like this photographer, like, you know what? I'm gonna shoot moving images instead of still images. So the how I made the shift, because we went to Morocco after college and I already went through my phase of ed- school education, academics of understanding it. So how I made the shift was hustling and shooting my friends films and just like hey can i shoot your film like would you be okay if i shoot your film this is what i have in mind like i also have a camera or i can get access to a camera or i can borrow my friend's camera and just 
also I worked as an AC loader. So I was loading 35 millimeter mags. So I was doing the shit blindly, like, you know, in, in, in the bags itself. And I'm just there loading film and I would be loading film. And that was just my job. What is your job? You're going to take this 35 millimeter mag. You're going to load a shit ton of film and we're going to take it over here. And this is what we're going to do. So, and then when you're done, you're going to do it again. <laughs> you're going to do it again. And which pretty much, if you're doing it, you're doing it blindfold. You have you're, to. You it's are. in a case. Absolutely. Yeah. It's in a case. And like, I remember doing this in swamps. I remember doing Ooh. this in the 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 coldest days in New York City during the wintertime. And that was my job. And I came in as an AC loader and I'm loading, loading, loading. Builds character. And it builds character. <laughs> and understanding the traditional, you know, 35 millimeter film, 60 millimeter film and understanding the cameras and really just um, I and I when I was at NYU, I also worked in the um Oh God, what department was that called? Anyway, it was the rental department. So I, my job there was cleaning lenses, right? So I would prepping have the to equipment, making prepping sure the equipment, making sure everything was working right. And working right. So how I made the shift was like being around the gear, cleaning it, prepping it, working as an AC loader, sometimes working as a first AC, pulling focus. And then during that time as working as an AC, working as a loader, I was also on the side hustling away, but then saying, can I shoot your film? <laughs> Can I do this? Like, are you cool with me taking on these short projects? And then just experimenting and fucking up a lot. Yeah. Like, making tons of shitty films and <laughs> making tons of really crappy videos. And I look at them like, wow, look at the growth. It's like a musician where you're like, yeah, that song was, I don't know where I was at with that song, <laughs> but now the growth. And I, I appreciate still having access to like all like, you know, the homemade videos and, and small films that I did that gave me that built the character and also gave me trained my eye and and yeah. and developed that and understanding it so yeah my origins come from ac loading and working as a first ac cleaning gear working at the rental house was, yeah was this before or um i think it was before the whole dslr it was totally before that yeah. it was before the whole dslr i think the first dslr i got ooh, was maybe in 2005 when i came back from london and I, that's when I was like, oh, Canon has a DSLR? Ew, wow, I want one. And that was like the birth of yeah. me owning a DSLR. And yeah. it's, it's interesting. The three of us all have an analog background. Mm -hmm. When I first started audio school, I was learning on two tape reels, two inch tape uh, reels and stuff. And like, you know, the editing was done with blades. You know, and then oh, to, and then to for all of us to go from the analog where you're loading 16 mil, 35 mil, and then to come over to the digital. Yeah. Where I think we're of that last generation. They talk about us with our cell phones. We're the last generation out of landline. Now we have digital, you know, now we have cell phones yeah. and stuff like that. And that's, I think, part and parcel to it. We kind of have appreciation for where things have been and where they're going. We yeah. just sit right in the middle. We're never, we're never at the forefront pushing hard enough, but we're adapting with it always. Yeah. We're probably like the last generation that could really adapt with major change. So I'm going to get really nerdy for a second yes. since we're talking about DP stuff. Do it. Sorry, do it. sorry Matt. Do it. Do it. So I talk way too much anyway. What do you prefer, uh, digital or film? Digital. Digital? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. And there's yeah. so, it's just, it's... So malleable. It is. I mean, even just like the other, like when I said this LA gig that I did, even just having the wireless monitor and being, being able to go through the LUTs and like okay, this is, this, where am I at? Like, which camera are we at? Okay, I want to zoom in on this particular area of of the frame itself and digital. For me, I, I prefer uh, digital. Yeah. It, it's very hard to go backwards. Yeah. For, um, 
for creative purposes, I, I still have my 35 millimeter cameras and I still have my mom's Minolta. So for time awesome. to time, I will pull it out and I'll take a couple of 35 millimeter pictures just for old time's sake. Sure. Uh, but I prefer digital. Yeah, I have my, I still have my mom's Nikon. Oh, that nice. She took uh, 35 millimeter pictures yeah. on. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. So I'll do that. But uh, yeah, digital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so now just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Um, Dave and I have already done an episode where we talked about two films each that kind of, I don't know, what do you say, like sparked our interest in film. Yeah. Mm. We knew that it was more than just the camera there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, there, it, there was a lot, like when we realized, wait a second, there's a bunch of moving parts to this. Yeah. It's, it's that moment where you, it stop becomes entertaining and you start getting curious. Yes. Like, well, how'd they do that? Or why <laughs> did they do that? So I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Can you, off the top of your head, this uh-huh. won't be set in stone. Uh, are there any films? I'm looking at them right now. Uh, on your wall. My, cole- my collection is. <laughs> this is not. This uh, actually is an amalgamation of um, mine and my wife's. Um, but are there any films that, like, if someone was like, "What's your favorite film?" Yeah. What's your favorite film? City of God. Boom. Why? Cinematography. Yeah. Yes. Blew me away. Great. And Hero with. Um, Jet Li. Yeah, Hero <sighs> with Jet Li. Those two films, I'm like, what is this? Let me, let me ask you something. What is it? I don't understand. <laughs> City of God, I, 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 I will confess. I'm not, okay. There's a lot of films that I have not seen. The mm-hmm. Godfather series included. And uh, you can yell it's at me okay. all you want. It's okay. No, see, I, and see, I appreciate that. There are people like, what? <laughs> me and Matt are purposely going to get shit-faced and record his expressions <laughs> watching The Godfather. But um, City of God was definitely one of them. And it took my wife to be like, we're going to watch City of God. And this was maybe two years ago. And I watched it and I was just like, wow, this film is very just like gritty as hell. And then at the end, I didn't realize it was a true story. And then at the end, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, cinematographer, that was great. If um, I always, I'm on another podcast and, I, and it's about video games. And mm-hmm. we, we look at music. We talk about the music. And I always talk about how you can have great cinematography or... It, for purposes of the video game, you have great video game music, but if the game design sucks, it sucks. So in a film, you can have great cinematography, but if the story stinks or the music's bad, the whole package isn't there. And there's very few films that the whole package is there for me. Okay. And I think City of God was absolutely one of those films. The cinematography was there for the style of story they had to tell. The story was there because it was a real story. And then everything else that came with it, the, the kids who were, the acting, who were mm-hmm. doing the acting, uh, everything about it. It comes together and it just becomes such a great film. So I, that's a great pick. Yeah. But Hero, I want to talk about Hero for a second. Have you, Dave, have you seen Hero? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how amazing is the scene in in the... the leaves? Yes. The change of leaves? That, that, that scene when the transformation of leaves turned red, oh, I... They went from like that white to pale pink to red. And I she's, couldn't oh. understand. I, and it, you're a dancer too, correct? Yes. So that performance there, and it's like a, it's got to be a whole... It was... Like a visual orgasm. It was a visual <laughs> orgasm. I was like, I am having multiple orgasms watching this particular scene. On so it many was, levels. On so many levels. It's, yeah. su- it's such a deep movie about love too and war yes. and... Um, Jet Li at the time like I mean I, even not yeah just at the height of his career too yeah. so when this film came out and then I think they redistributed it redistribute it oh wow I sure. can't say it now they put it out again <laughs> they put it out again they released it again <laughs> we released it I can't talk anymore um, but who did that was that um, which director was that that re-released it mm. I think it was Quentin Tarantino oh yeah I think he re-released it Probably years later a, yeah he, he released it like Quentin Tarantino presents Hero. Oh. Hero, yeah. yeah. Did he do anything to it? I don't think no, so. I think, no, I think I he think just it, left okay. it as is. Yeah, I think he like... just re-released it to 
resurface the greatness of Hero. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at my wall and I'm realizing I don't own it. I thought I owned it. <laughs> but, but going back to City of God, the DP, he, I think he pretty much invented that whole thing with like the glasses. Right. Like he, like it was these glasses that he puts on, kind of like a monitor for your face, and you could aim the camera any which way. So like if you want to see what was behind shot. him, yeah, he can see behind him. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's intense. Like the stuff. Yeah, that the was the the backstory of even just the creative process for the cinematography. I have to look into that. Yeah. I believe he I also shot Slumdog, right? Did he shoot Slumdog? Because he kept oh. working with Danny Boyle. Did he? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. or twenty eight days later as well. I think okay. he shot for him. Gotcha. Yeah. I well, if he did, if he did shoot Slumdog, I can see that. I can see the similarity mm-hmm. in the style. So, and I, it sucks that I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the stuff they pulled out in City of God is phenomenal. phenomenal. Like the the transition when he's playing soccer when mm-hmm. it goes around them three sixty. Yep, and it, you see the age jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes from him as a little boy yeah. until him, you know, as a as a young man. Yeah, it it's still those are my two, and also. Also, when I was growing up, I remember Close Encounter of the Third Kind being such a film for me because I love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just going to manifest it. I will direct a sci-fi film in the future. Uh, but sci-fi, Close Encounter of the Third Kind for me was was a life uh, at an early age. I was just like, what is that? What is that? I don't understand this. Like, what is this? And questioning it. So... Time Bandits was like another one. Do you remember Terry Gilliam? (laughs) I love Terry Gilliam. I love. We can also talk about Monty Python for days, but Terry Gilliam is a great director. Yeah. uh, Quixote's finally going to come out. I'm so excited. Yeah. When? Uh, Soon. I know it has uh, this guy from Star Wars. Um, He was also in that show, Girls. Can't believe I'm drawing a blank today. Oh, uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver's in it. Nice. Adam Driver, and I forgot who's playing Quixote. But nice. I know Adam Driver's in it, and he finally like wrapped it. It's finally done. Wow. It took him like 30 years to do. Because originally it was Johnny Depp. Yep. Yeah. Right? And then the guy who was playing Quixote like, got sick on set. So like that movie's just been like... Cursed. Cursed. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the whole reason behind Citizen Kane. The reason Citizen... Um, Oh my God! Why am I having such a Orson Welles? Orson Welles, Jesus H Christ! You're welcome. (laughs) The whole reason behind Orson Welles doing Citizen Kane is so he can get the funding to do Don Quixote. Wow! Wow! And now we have like one of these great, amazing masterpieces. Yeah. Just because so he can fund this other film, which is so funny because that because Citizen Kane is like wildly heralded. It's used in in film school. It's so pined and combed over. Meanwhile, he's just, it was probably, it wasn't a throwaway. <laughs> it's not a throwaway film by any stretch of the imagination, but it almost feels like, he's like, yeah, all right, I'll make Citizen I'll Kane, whatever. <laughs> I just really need to make Don Quixote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, same thing with Kevin Smith. Mm. Kevin Smith did a uh, cop out yeah. so he can make Red, Red State. State. He's, the only way he was going to be able to do that is if he did cop out with yeah. Willis and uh, Morgan. Wow. Yeah. Which you need to read about in Kevin Smith's book. Yeah, I keep Bruce, hearing about Bruce it. Bruce Willis is. The Devo. I'll leave it at that. I will leave it at that. Uh, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, you already have heard this story. Yeah, because you've watched um, you've watched all his evening, an evening, so, evening with, with Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith and stuff like that. Did yeah. you Did you watch the Oscars this year? Yeah. What you What did you think of who won for? Did you Were you happy that Roma won for best cinematography? How are your th- What are your thoughts on the categories and who won? Uh, let me Let me question. just give my opinions right now. Uh, I don't like the Oscars. I don't like award ceremonies Got because it, it feels too much like an elite group of people patting each other on the back mm-hmm. and that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah so dave this is all you oh, okay no, um <laughs> i was happy with roma yeah um i mean guy won three that night 
I mean, who wins for directing, and cinematography, then, and best foreign film, and best foreign film? Did the hat trick? Triple. I mean, that's triple. Did, wow. Uh, regardless of what I just said, that's an amazing accomplishment, and you know, more power to uh, the director. Like, great on him. Yeah. You know, I, well, I'm I'm never gonna shit on someone's achievements yeah. because who am I? <laughs> I'm just a guy in my living room doing a podcast. <laughs> I was happy Spike finally got one. I I, yeah, I got emotional on that. The, yeah. Spike. That, it, it, but that felt like um, Leonardo DiCaprio's win. Like yeah. Spike should have won long ago. Oh, absolutely. should have won long ago. I mean, been, and I do believe there are other films that Spike could have won for, and he's yeah. been doing it for thirty-five years. Yeah. And yes, he should have won ages ago. But sure. winning Lucci. best adapted screenplay was it best adapted screenplay? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I applauded. Um, I was shocked that uh, I was shocked that. Um, Green Glenn book. didn't win. Oh. Well, that too. Mm. I was shocked for Best Picture. I actually, Jessica and I, we had a little rant about it on the gig, and we were we were very go and listen to it right now. <laughs> go and listen. Pause to this it. show and go listen to it. It's probably more interesting. <laughs> but yeah, we had our rants about. It's at it least too. prettier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't yeah. uh, you know La La Land. No oh, Moonlight. Yeah. No Moon. No, yeah. no, we're so. Uh, yeah. But, and um, I I think it felt like it kind of cheapened their win as well. Oh, you know of course. I, you know because, what I mean? Because, okay, no, I mean, from no. a wrestling standpoint, because I'm bad love wrestling, imagine the pop Moonlight would have gotten instead of La La Land. Yeah. That would, like, if I was on the cast and crew of, La, of Moonlight and they were like, oh, La La Land, and I'm like, oh, all right. And then it's like, no, no, we made a mistake. I would have been like cartwheeling and screaming from the Raptors, like, holy, you know, but, uh, but then instead, if, if they had said Moonlight, I would have shot out of my seat, like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and like the audience would have been. There's something like having performed on stage, you're a dancer, you've performed yeah. for people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That applause is a drug. It does. And so I would have wanted that wave of like. Of course. <sighs> that feeling. We've done it. Yeah. yeah. The rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of films. Uh, I don't know if you take this approach, but I, uh, I know I do. I don't set out to win anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've spoken, me and Dave, a numerous times like we create content that we would watch and if someone else likes it that's that's friggin' great you can get on the train too get on board <laughs> just you know keep keep hanging out yeah. but if you don't like it that's fine and then to be given like how did it like did you expect the 2017 win for the documentary like no. how no. I, I actually i i was at home <laughs> you weren't even there i wasn't even there so okay here's so, how little i thought about it i was in my pjs <laughs> i went had earlier. rollers in my hair <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so I had my cousin in from out of town. She was visiting from Portland, Maine, and we had a great weekend. Yeah. And earlier that day, I went to go to the screening of my film, mm-hmm. and we were watching it, and a big group came, and I was so happy for that. I was like, yay, that was a great screening. Right. Now I'm going to go about my day and hang out with my cousin. She's in. She's visiting. And we get home, and my friend Samuel Gomez, who's a phenomenal writer, actor, he's on um, The Punisher, Uh, Yeah, he actually I was just, you know, with him for his birthday uh, a few days ago. He called me because his film also was in the festival. He was like, dude, you won. I said, what? (laughs) What What did I get? He was like, you won best documentary category. I was like, ah, (laughs) what? And I was screaming. I was like, oh, my God. He goes, where are you? I was like, I'm at home in my pajamas. (laughs) 
He goes, get your ass down here right now. Wow. And I was like, Uber it is and not the pool. We're going to yeah, take no, Uber down. No, this is worth not <laughs> pool. Is worth <laughs> not pooling. And I got there just in time. Um, he had to accept the award on my behalf yeah, because he was they like, they weren't going to wait. Yeah. He goes, uh, I'm, Layla's not here. She's She'll be on her way. She's uptown or whatever he said. And he accepted the award on my behalf and people were laughing about that. But when I got there, he was like, who does that? Who goes home? And it's like in their PJs. I was like, I didn't expect to win. Yeah. I didn't. I just, Did you even know you were nominated or anything? Or was it just? No, I didn't even know. I, I didn't. And I think how the nomination process is, I think it's also based on public vote, including gotcha. um, the uh, the festival vote. So it winning, it, it blew my head away. And it's in and, and that documentary. Wow. The documentary. <laughs> we're we're going to have those moments today, guys. We're going to have those oh, moments. It's a Monday. I blame Monday. Right, Monday. Blame, we're going to have those moments, but we're going to get through it. Um, <laughs> but the documentary is about Cuban skaters. So mm-hmm. we, we meaning myself and Christina Liu, we worked at an advertising agency in 2016 and into 2017 called Huge. They're, they're great. They're still kicking ass, making awesome content. And we went down to Cuba together and we had the opportunity to tell this great story about Cuban skaters with the organization Cuba Skate. And um, we shot it. She, she, you know, took care of all the animated, you know, content and um, designed such beautiful work. And I shot it and also to things that I don't skate. So anything that was like from a POV of a skater, I would ask like, hey, could you mind holding this GoPro? And just getting some B-roll. So it was also just a collaborative piece. And it was exciting for everyone. So I'm super grateful for that. And I keep in contact with some of the skaters too. They're all kicking ass. Some of them have taken their filmmaking to the next level. And they're directing their own content. That's awesome. I am happy to see that. And like we follow each other on Instagram. And it's just wonderful to witness their their process and progression and growth as artists as well. So Where where, uh, could we see the documentary? You could actually, I mean, now that it's not in festivals anymore, it's available on my website, LaylaRosario.com. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're going to plug the crap out of it, too. But yeah, plug yeah. away. Yeah, that's what this platform's yeah. for, right? And I paint. And um, and it, again, I'm a multi-layered artist. Painting came into play in 2017 after uh, one of my dearest friends uh, passed away. And we used to work together. And I took his loss very hard. And 2017 was, it felt like one of the worst years of my life. I thought I was going to die from so much crying Mm. because of losing him with the beginning of the year. And, you know, I'm very close to his family. Um, But, and then I lost five other, uh, four other people throughout that year. Jeez. Family and friends combined. So 2017 was a real, and then I lost my job. I was working um, as an executive producer business development for a production company and I, and I got laid off. So like all these things started to happen when it rains, it pours. when it rains, it pours. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not drowning. Yeah. I'm not going to drown. I am going to work into becoming an entrepreneur and, and developing what I want um, to have as myself for my career. And being an entrepreneur is not easy. No. I'm constantly working all the time. Um, but I'm working towards my goals, my visions, my the the type of business that and, and content I want to create. So um, that happened all in 2017. But the painting, why I am mentioning it, is because when you are a storyteller, content creative, however you identify as a filmmaker, I think that for me, trying other things also enhances something that you are focused on all the time. So breaking away from that and picking up a brush. Yeah. My friend was the one who encouraged me, Billy. You know, uh, his his artist name is Narcissus. And Billy, I, I still think that 
his, you know, I still feel his energy. And every now and then I'm like, oh, I see these little glimmers of signs. Like you're checking into like, okay, like <laughs> we're good. But he was a phenomenal painter. And when we worked together, I would stop by his studio. He worked at con, he had a, a little studio space in con, uh, with a nonprofit organization called con artist collective. And they're down over on Ludlow. They're still there. And they have not, they have a, for a very aff- affordable price, you can rent space to paint to to do 3d printing all these things and i would i was exposed to that so i would go to the to the studios and i see all these painters and i was there like working on commercials for huge you know working right. on the budgets there taking a break after work and one day he was just like pick up the brush yeah and i said i produce this i've never done this thing. before yeah i don't know what you're talking about the last <laughs> time i did this was in high school and i was forced to do it and he said why do you gotta always think just feel it like stop overthinking, yeah. like take that producer mentality off, like that other side of the brain. You're not working on a budget now. Like just walk away from it. And I said, okay, fine. And even just like holding the brush, I had so much anxiety. I was like, I don't know what this is. This is going to suck. It's this gonna is going to suck. Yeah. I'm not going to make it yeah. as good as yours. I, and since then I've created over 30 pieces, most, most of which I give away. Um, and I have this newfound talent. I never knew that I could paint. And this came all from a place of pain mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure out how to cope with my pain. So I took that pain and I said, I'm going to pay homage to my friend. He was a phenomenal painter. He encouraged me to try something different. Mm-hmm. So I still paint. And now like my apartment is my little gallery. And, you know, I have friends that come over. We have paint parties. I'm sketching awesome. now like that. These are new things. But yeah. I mentioned this to say, like anyone who is is an artist and looking to create more things, I encourage everyone to try something different. And that might bring something else out of you that you never knew. Maybe you're a singer too and you didn't know that. And like now you're writing music. Who knows what it is? But for me, I I, I look at that. I'm like, I'm a painter. I can paint things. And sure. um, yeah, I think I thank him for that. You know, so. I think the most important part of it is that you're happy with it. Absolutely. Because... What point, what's, what's the purpose of doing anything if it doesn't make you internally happy? You don't have to so impress anyone else. It brings me so much joy. Um, as we're talk, continue talking, I'll pull yeah. up my phone and like access some of my pictures. We're going to, we're going to look at paintings while you just <laughs> listen to dead silence. <laughs> while you listen to dead silence. But, but yeah, I do acrylics, large, large pieces. I'll do like six some, by six, oh man. you know, like really big nice. pieces. I'm, yeah. I'm over here painting pixels with markers and she's like, I'm doing six well, by six. Well, you do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's very, yeah. very true. Yeah. That's all, that's and I saying. think, I think the most important part of what you've just said is that you shouldn't be afraid Mm-hmm. to at least from an artistic point of view explore it art yeah. is art you've got a voice you've got emotions whatever it is put it out there put it out there don't put don't do it for anyone else do it for yourself yeah and if if an, if an audience or a fan base shows up great if it doesn't yeah it's good too yeah, it's good I, too it's uh, good for the soul that's what i kind of do with sophia when she does like a little when she throws a little temper tantrum oh wow oh <laughs> So we're looking at pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was watercolor. I started experimenting with water, watercolor. I think watercolor few, is so hard. It is. A few months ago. And th- this is a tiny one, but this is just a little 9 by 12. And I said, ah, let me give it a go. I don't yeah. know how to work with watercolor. So I'm in a really interesting space with it. This, this was the one that when my grandfather died Beautiful. last year, oh, I just wow. did this really quickly right before going to the wake. Mm-hmm. And I just said, what, what? What colors did I feel when I saw him? Uh, and I, I like, think that way too. I yes. think in colors. And I'm like, these are the colors that represent my grandfather. So then I painted this on the fly on the way over. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, I mean, this stuff can be. Oh, I'm sorry. When she throws yeah. a little temper tantrum, I'm like, go, go draw. Go <laughs> Take TV. that energy. Go draw. Take that energy. And <laughs> Take that <yourself>. energy. <laughs> and um, those can be seen on your website as yeah, well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. What was that website? I forgot. LaylaRosario.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that two or three more times. Oh, man. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, thank you. <laughs> of course. I mean, we, we, we brought you on because we wanted to hear about you. Dave, this is, this is the first time you and I have uh, physically met. We spoke last night briefly yeah. just to kind of touch base for the show. Dave's been talking about you. Thank you. Forever. We're homies forever. Yeah. Like, it's been a well, now, we go way back. Now, now, now you're stuck with yeah. me, too. <laughs> I know the sound guy. He's an asshole, but he's good. <laughs> no, you're wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know what yeah. we do need to plan is another trip to Morocco. I agree. It's uh, long overdue. I've been dying to go back me to Morocco, too. man. Me too. I'd like to see Morocco. That might be, I'm going to invite myself. Dude, that was such a spiritual, like... It was. They're like talking to each other. I'm inviting myself. Usually, when you go in a big group, you... Shit hits the fan. It, it was like almost ten of us. Mm-hmm. And it was that one day that we not were just like it was not That's a dope. problem. Not a, and so where dope. we stayed too. Every and you know what, David is right. It was kind of on the whim. We were having dinner one night. I think we called you the day after, or were you at the dinner? No, I was at the you dinner. You were at the dinner last and minute, and we were just all like, "I remember specifically." Y'all want to go to Morocco? I that was it. That's that I got this idea. We should all go to we Morocco. Go to, they already and, had their tickets booked, yeah. and I, I happened to tag along on the same flight with them yes. and everything. And I, ve- I remember specifically when we got to London, we had to haul ass. <laughs> oh my god! Was it through Heathrow? That. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, we, we had to haul ass, all eight of us, sprinting. To I have the a great story plane. about an airport. <laughs> and I remember um, it, it was British Airways, and then the airplane she was like. Dude, would you like some more? I'm like, I hear the accent. I'm just like, uh, I want to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I forgot how to breathe yeah. and almost passed out. When talking we were lucky to make the flight. Yeah. I remember, That's I so remember funny. just getting there. We were so blown away by everything. Remember the mountains going to the gorgeous. Oh, we, we did this like gorgeous. hike, you could say, of mm-hmm. this waterfall. Yeah. It was insane. And like kids selling like mint the, leaves. Yeah, the leaves. Oh, the Eureka Valley. Yeah. That was it. The Eureka Valley. Atlas Mountains. Yeah, we were there, and it, it was life changing. I think there's a reunion in the in the there works. Should be. Uh-uh. There should be. Y'all hit first. <laughs> I'm so down to for go sure. back. Now we can bring our like significant others. Yeah. And, oh, and Nina's a traveler. The kid. Yeah. The kid already has like eight stamps on her passport. Living. Uh, Love it. <laughs> and you know what? We're all artists. So who knows what'll happen? Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. <laughs> Come out making a feature length film in six days. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I got vacation days, man. I, don't, I got four weeks paid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Just saying. <laughs> but one question for you before yes. we yeah. we close. I, We're uh, winding but, down. Yeah, one question for yeah, you talk, both. You ask us stuff. Yeah, you're both. You're both. This is weird. We're all only children. Correct. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yes. The only let's children Let's talk about bit. that. Let's talk about being an only child. Please. So because you're both artists, you're both, you both work in film. Mm-hmm. How has being an only child influenced and inspired you as an artist because for me i feel like being an only child there were moments where i lived in my head Mm -hmm. growing up maybe that's the introvert extrovert Mm -hmm. where i would just go for a long time writing in my journal writing 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 and i had a very vivid imagination and for you like how did that being an only child like what did that do what how did it impact you you want to go first you want me to go first you go uh, you you gonna copy my answer? No, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I don't copy your answer. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I have a very kind of different approach. So you talked about like you were writing, creating at an early age. I at an early age was sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I was this I was this child where like you could 
take me to a relative's house and put me in a corner. And I would never leave that corner. Mm-hmm. And five hours later, it's like, okay, we're going home. I'd still be sitting there in the exact same position because I was this kid like that didn't want to rock the boat, didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, if I had to go to the bathroom, if I wanted water, I just sat there and didn't do anything, right? Like Complete I, opposite. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, and David used to throw French fries at oh, my hair. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, I don't steal your thunder. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, sorry. No, no, no. No, no, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. This was pretty much one of the first times I met Layla. We were like 11. And we're at the McDonald's on Broadway, right, uh, to near the Bronx Ale House. Sure, yeah. And for some stupid reason, I threw a fucking French fry at her. I do not know why. I'm a boy. I am stupid at this age. We're stupid now. And it hit her right in the face and it marked it her. Did. It left a mark on her it face. It did. Dude. I remember it what was you, like, like Nolan Ryan? It was like a slow-mo, dry McDonald's French fry. So, just saturated <laughs> in oil and it smacked her right in the face. Oh. And the last thing you do is hit hit a Puerto Rican girl. Girl yeah. in the face. You found something. out real quick that I wanted day. To kill him. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll hold oh him god. down if you want to hit him. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so it's awesome. But her, yeah. That was that was the first time we've met. That oh, was the first, that was time. The first time we met. <laughs> yeah. I smacked her in the face with a French fry. Um, first time we met, Dave frisked me, <laughs> and I'm not lying. No, he's not. Um, so so back back to me because this show's about me. Uh, no, I was a, I'm a, I was a very quiet kid, and um, my father passed away when I was uh, eight. So. Um, my mom had to work, so she kind of shipped me off to friends. And you know, when I got old enough, she left me alone by myself. You know, <laughs> it's redundant. Um, but uh, I learned early on mm-hmm. that entertaining people was something that I enjoyed doing. Right. Because there were kids in my building, my apartment building, growing up that I hung out with, and I, I, I wanted them. Like I never, you know, only child syndrome. You don't have brothers and sisters, so I kind of wanted them to be like. I guess my extended brothers and sisters. So I would go out of my way to like make them laugh or like entertain them somehow. And that's when I learned early on that I was good at that. And so that parlayed itself moving forward into like performing in bands and eventually getting onto production and stuff. But it took me a long time to get to production. I wasn't in, um, man, I don't know, in the twenties we were doing stuff in uh, high school. Uh, people who've listened to the show know about family values, cable access. Dave did cable access. And that's kind of how our paths crossed. Uh, but also with the music, too. Dave's a drummer. I'm a bass player. So at the time, we thought we were going to be rock stars. Um, but even still, as a kid, I had a, I had a very good friend, Eric Hopkins, uh, who actually doesn't know this. He won't be listening to the show, so I'm going to tell it. He was very <laughs> influential on me. He's a very intelligent human being. He's probably one of the most uh, intelligent guys I know. In grammar school, he was reading at a high school level. At high school, he was reading at a, uh, like a PhD level. Mm. This guy reads a book a day. He's amazing. Wow. He's very intelligent. And at, he can also, as kids... He was the guy that I thought could draw better than me. So I always tried to emulate what he did. He was making comics. I was making comics. Uh, you know, he was playing D&D. I was playing mm. D&D. So stuff like that. And he had an older brother and older sister. So we'd sneak into their room, steal their music. <laughs> so sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Alyssa. We stole, you know, your CDs and stuff. So if you're wondering where your tapes went, I still actually have them because I'm a pack rat. <laughs> um, so that's kind of that's kind of where it started with me. Um the entertaining thing, it, there came a point where I realized, like, I'm a decent storyteller, and people are actually engaged in what I'm saying, and then you start to take those steps where you tell a story and you embellish a little bit to get people on the edge of the seat, and when you've got them, you, you hit them with the finish, and they're like, ah, oh. yeah. and that's when I knew storytelling was a thing, like, yeah. I could do that, and so that's how it all kind of came together for me, but being an only child, like, I never, I don't have only child syndrome, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, a lot of other only children do, where they require constant attention. I'm this weird 50-50. Like, 
I want to be with everyone, and then I want to be completely by myself. I'm like that. Yeah. I'm like that. We're like, Layla, where are you now? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not in the country. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like that too, where there are moments like, where in the world is Layla? And I'll, and, and I'll say to just you, check your yeah. Instagram yeah, figure like, out exactly it's not Instagram you'll see the pin drop <laughs> yeah. no but but you understand what I'm yeah, saying like there's it. there's certainly a point where you just want to be surrounded by everyone and having a great this huge ball and then um, I don't know if it's to recharge your batteries I don't know if it's to it regain your mental stability yeah. or whatever there are just times that like I can be home by myself with nothing no same. sound no nothing and I'm perfectly content same I'm not an all day talker and I say that to people even on set because I think for me too Sometimes people may ask out of concern, like, are you okay? You've been rather quiet. So what I like to do too is, is let people know. You may see moments where I am taking things to process yeah. because I'm thinking through and it's not yes. because there's anything wrong. It's more, this is my creative process. This is, yeah, this is how and, I... You're and, figuring and, stuff out right. for your own. And, yeah. I, and I'm not an all-day talker. There are moments where I need to feel it and think it through and then sure. I'll communicate it. But it goes to what you're saying. Like, there are moments where I don't... I, I love being around and then there's moments like, I need to not be around sure. anyone. Mm. And, just, and just recharge. Yeah. It's, it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, man. I was... <laughs> A complete opposite of me. French fry thrower, I know. Yeah, French fry thrower, <laughs> all over the fucking Salt place. Salt French fry. Uh, at one point at, in St. John's, they they wanted um, they wanted to diagnose me as uh, ADHD, mm. like because I was like all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I and I have to thank my parents that luckily they never they were like no he's just a kid yeah It'll, and that's what it was it mm-hmm. was just I just had a lot of energy that's yeah, all it was children like. Children are exploring. They, yeah. and I'm happy that they yeah. let you grow. And yeah, I didn't have yourself. to pump me a bunch yeah. of fucking medication that I don't need. Yeah, yeah. and You're I see that now. I see that now with my kid. Like my kid has just all the fucking energy, and she, she really is. You yeah. know what I mean? But she's like <laughs> energy in a good way. Like me, I was yeah. just like all over the fucking place. Yeah. Her, she's like she'll be drawing one second, and a second she'll put all the coloring stuff away, and then she'll start. You know, she'll play on her Nintendo Switch, I and then it. she'll put that away. And then she'll throw watch a movie. Then she'll put that she's away. Stimulated. And then she'll yeah. play with her American... And it's still exploring. Her, her yeah. creepy American dolls. Those, those, those things are creepy <laughs> as hell. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was just the complete opposite. Like, um, if you talk to my cousin Monica, she's like, yeah, dude, you cannot shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were just like... Like, she was like, no, I need my space away from you. Yeah. Like, I was yeah, just yeah. all over the place. And I didn't really start getting creative until, like, second or third year in high school mm-hmm. when I started uh, messing around with public access and stuff. But... To, to your point about being an all-day talker, I think I talk way too much now because as a kid, I was so quiet. Mm. My, the, one of the, I think one of the best things I think I had as a kid was uh, when my dad was alive, he was very... He didn't work. My mom did. So he was very with me all the time. And so he... We, um, you ever see those giant buckets of um, like junior mints? Remember you can yeah. buy them for... So, so they're about a foot tall. They're like, um, like a Home Depot bucket, yeah, basically. Yeah. He got one of those. He put a... A string through it to make a handle. Put all my Legos in it, and then wherever I went, I had my Legos. Oh, so, so now I would go to family members' houses. I was the youngest of all of us. The nearest to me was like eight or ten years above me. So mm. even if I was like ten, there was someone like eighteen who wants to hang out with a ten-year-old. Right. I'd be in the corner with my Legos just building. Look at that. And they'd come in like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I'm just like, "No, no, no, I'm building a house." And they're like, yeah. "Oh, okay. Let me see when it's done." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and then they'd come back, and I'm like, well, "Here's my house." And they're like, "Oh, that's really cool." And I'm like, "Thanks." So, so you know how like they would put you in one spot, and that's where they would find you. No, they wouldn't know. They find the you in another house. <laughs> yeah, they'll find me like across the street, neighbor's house, 
backyard playing, playing with, with the other dogs. kids. David the Explorer. Oh, man, I was such a social kid. Over like, there finding clues. I made like, friends yeah. with everybody. I'm like everybody that, now, that yeah. And everybody yeah. that I made friends with, they're like, Mom, can they come over and play? You know, because yeah. you're, yeah. you're an only child. And I you did just, that a lot. You know, it sucks. But I, but I never had an imaginary friend, which I think is weird for an only child. I don't child. think I did. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I had my dog. I had I had I had James. James was my first dog. I love it. So when I was four or five years old, we had this dog up until all the way I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So like my friend was sadly my dog. Hey, my man's <laughs> best friend. No, yeah. I and then get it. and then growing up in the neighborhood, you know, you had a bunch of kids in the building. We'll play in the courtyard and yeah. we'll just terrorize you the lady that lived there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like we all have that knocking one knocking on her yeah. window, throwing the ball at her window on purpose. <laughs> You know, it's just, just like I said, assholes. I was, I was yeah. a complete asshole as a kid. That complete asshole. We also had a different time growing up uh, back in the 80s. You could play in the streets, which is what I did. I yeah. had a park. I had the Oval Park around the corner from my house. So all my friends, we'd climb the fence and we'd be in the park. Our parents never worried. So it's a little bit of a different yeah, time. Absolutely. Once, once I got a bike on my hands at the age of what? I think it was like. 12 i was the world gone. was your oyster yeah. I was you were heavy like, into biking at one I was, point i remember i was oh. heavy yeah. I, I oh mean, let's hear this yes very <laughs> marathons much and everything everything oh, like right. i've done yeah, right. i feel like i've slacked man like i did all the i did oh, all the it. yeah i did i did all the you know like you know the century i've done this i've done hundred like little bike shorts and all with the yeah everything i still have my bike the last time i actually used it was the beginning of last year. I kind of fell off. I'm not going to front. Like, my friends are like, you don't ride anymore. What happened? I'm like, yeah, I know. It sucks. But yeah, there was a point I was really into it and, and leading rides and, and having that. And then I got hit a couple of times. And after that, I thought, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> listen, you listen. Getting hit by a car I, hurts. And, and I, I ride clipless. So I have my feet oh, shit. connected to, oh. the pe- to the pedal. Mm. So when I got hit, I just like, and I crashed into a parked car and I was still clipped in and I didn't realize that my leg was bleeding. I looked at that and I thought, I don't want to get hurt it anymore. Might be, might be time. <laughs> I might want to like maybe get some pedals where I don't need to be clipped in. True story. And you know, let, let's leave it at that. But yeah, I've done all the, I've, I've done the marathons. I've done long distance rides up north, you know. Um, wow. And yeah, I have a, a, a strong um, appreciation and love for riding. And it's funny, even the men that I date, whether it's subconscious or not, and I'm like, Oh, you ride too? Like that might be <laughs> huh. that might be a thing for us to do. But that, yeah, when, that's your king. That's the that's that is my king. Oh my gosh! Be- before the show, we were talking about something completely different, and uh, yeah. she said out loud, "I don't I don't know what my thing is." Yeah, that might <laughs> your be thing, the thing is biking. Men who ride. You're into bikers. Yeah, I'm into bikers. <laughs> that might be my thing. Absolutely. But yeah, as a kid, once I got a once I got my BMX. I was gone. I was going to Yonkers. At, like, I mean, as a kid, all you want is freedom. Yeah, I was and riding then... around David's neighborhood, like going through with my bike. Yeah, that was my escape. <laughs> Good old days. Escape for sure. That's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, On that note, keep riding. Yeah, right. <laughs> keep moving forward. We, we can't thank you enough. <laughs> not, for coming not, not bad for our first guest. Not I, bad. <laughs> she carried most of it. Uh, uh, I feel bad whoever has to follow up. After. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you for having not me. Not my problem. <laughs> thank you both for having me. And let's just keep making things. And Absolutely. Supporting each other. I think that's my final message is, yeah. you know, support your your local, you know, your artists. local tribe, your local artists, your your friends, and anyone that you follow that's already a big celebrity, make sure you're also following the locals, your local friends, your art, your local artists, excuse me, yeah. and your friends who are developing their own thing. And let's just keep supporting each other. Yeah, um, 
if I may tack on to that, I think we spend too much time uh, looking in other people's windows and worrying what they have mm-hmm. when you should really concern yourself with what you have in your house. I think we spend too much time looking at this as a competition. You yeah. know, um, nothing I've worked on has won an award, uh, personally. Not to say the things that Dave and I haven't worked well, on. The stuff we worked on. Yeah, so, but I'm, I'm saying like nothing I directed, wow. you know, has won an award. I think it's fantastic that you won Best Thank Documentary. You. And Absolutely. I think Thank it's you. important that if you're, whatever community you're in, painting, biking, you're an executive, congratulate each other. Come yeah. up together. I've always said things like, um, you know, just because I'm eating doesn't mean I can't feed my friends. Everybody yes. come to this table. Let's work together. Yes. Stop working against each other. Start working together. I, I guarantee agree. you, you will make waves. There's space for everyone. Also, to, start, to your point, stop competing with... You know, your friends as well. You're all in it together. Yes. And and if you're make sure you're dating people who are supporting you. Yes. That's another t- thing too. Yes. Like that's for a different type of con- conversation <laughs> and podcast. Different podcast. Yeah. But make sure that the network and support that you have also reflects your amorous relationship yes. and that you are with a partner that supports you and your vision and your dream and vice versa. Especially if you're dating someone who's an artist as well. So yeah. that's that's big. Even like, if not the, the, the uh, Hello. Even if they're not the same form of art. Right. You're, you're still artists at the end of the day. You're creating, Absolutely. you're using your emotion, you're using your hands, whatever it is. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for having no, me. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad uh, it worked out. I'm happy that um, I'm here to represent, you know, our We're, borough. Mm-hmm. We are so happy to have you representing Thank not you. only the borough, but the underserved communities. Word. Uh, uh, the, the people of color, the women of color. Yes. The people questioning. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's... There's a we can all see the writing on the wall. There's a change coming. And, you know, if you're if you're one of these people that's denying it, you're yeah. fossil fuel, bro. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much. Take care. Absolutely. Bye bye. And, and that is about all the time we have for today's episode. But fear not if you are like us and are not satisfied with just the measly old podcast interview with Miss Lila. Uh, excuse me. With Miss Layla Rosario. Layla T. Rosario. Let's which, do that. <laughs> Which stands for Tatiana. It does, I and see. not ta- not Tatiana, which is the new song that everyone is calling me and singing to me. No, it's not for Tatiana. Okay. If you want to jump on that bandwagon, I'll leave her phone number in the show notes. I'm just mad. I know what that means. I think that's what I'm really mad Absolutely. at. I am too. Anyway, it's, yeah, all for shits and giggles. But yeah, Layla T. Rosario. Yeah, then head over to her website. LaylaRosario.com. That's L-E-Y-L-A-R-O-S-A-R-I-O.com. And check out all the stuff we've spoken about uh, today as well as some stuff that we didn't because she's got so much going on that it's impossible to fit into one podcast. Uh, I promise you, you will be impressed. Thank you. Uh, If that isn't enough, you can find Layla. (coughs) Excuse me. I do take people's breaths away. Breath away. (laughs) Even my own. (laughs) (laughs) And here I thought I was going to edit that out. That's no, that stayed. Forget it. Breathless Matt says, if that isn't enough, Lila for you. Layla, excuse me. God damn it. Because we have friends named Lila. Yeah, it's fine. If that isn't enough. She came on the trip with us. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no, Lila. I know. Oh, you do remember. Okay. I just want to make sure you remember. Just because I wasn't there doesn't mean I can't look at photos. We're all old. And speaking of photos, if this isn't enough Layla for you, head over to her Instagram. It's lovelay. L-O-V-E-L-E-Y. Go find her. 
just great for photos. Uh, her on set, her, you know, photo shoots, her work, it's all there. <sighs> and now for us, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't follow that. But uh, if you think me and Dave are just the bee's knees, you already know where you can find us. It's that's briefcaseproductions.com. Uh, you can see behind the scenes photos, stuff we projects we've worked on that we talk about from time to time. And on top of that, you can check us out on Instagram. That is briefcase underscore productions Instagram. And finally, on behalf of David, Layla, and myself, I want to thank you for checking in with us because we of all people know that time is precious. And since you've decided to spend your time with us, we are eternally grateful. Whatever is left in your day, make it good and please watch more movies. And on top of that, I'm going to add it, support your local artists. There you go. Take thank it easy. You. Later. <laughs>